At AJ Products, we're dedicated to delivering intelligent solutions tailored for your business needs. Specializing in warehouse and project planning, we bring efficiency and sustainability to the forefront. To elevate your business, visit ajproducts.ie. Just a quick note before we begin. This episode contains descriptions of violence, which some listeners may find upsetting. Brianna was larger than life. She was funny, witty and fearless. We miss Brianna so much and our house feels empty without her laughter. Last February, Brianna Jai, a 16-year-old from Warrington in England, was murdered in a public park in broad daylight. The transgender schoolgirl was stabbed 28 times and in December, two teenagers, a boy and a girl, were found guilty of what the judge called a senseless murder. To know how scared my usually fearless child must have been when she was alone in that park with someone that she called her friend will haunt me forever. The two 16-year-olds were sentenced on Friday and in an unusual move, the judge, Mrs Justice Yip, lifted reporting restrictions so that the young killers could be named. They are Scarlett Jenkinson and Eddie Ratcliffe. Scarlett Jenkinson, for the murder of Brianna Jai, you will be detained at His Majesty's pleasure. I set the minimum term at 22 years, less the 352 days that you have spent on remand. Eddie Radcliffe, for the murder of Brianna Jai, you will be detained at His Majesty's pleasure. I set the minimum term at 20 years, less the 352 days that you have spent on remand. Please take the defendants to the cells and their legal teams will come and and see them before they go to begin their sentences. Thank you. Irish Times London correspondent Mark Paul. The the picture that was painted of of, of Scarlett Jenkinson was a, a, a very, very dark complex girl with very, very unusual fantasies about violence and clearly the willingness and the ability to carry them out. Eddie Ratcliffe was, um, you know, he was looked up to in a sense by um, by Scarlett Jenkinson for being extremely, extremely intelligent. Again, you know, these two kids living their lives out online in a way, you know, maybe didn't quite fit in. This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, the murder of Brianna Jai. Mark, the murder of Brianna Jai was a shocking crime. Um, can you tell me what happened last February in the park in Warrington? She was 16. The perpetrators, they were 15. What happened? So Bri- Brianna Jai was was friends with um, with one of the killers in a kind of a loose way with Scarlett, um, who was known throughout the trial as Girl X. And Scarlett Jenkinson and, and Eddie Ratcliffe, who was known throughout the trial as Boy Y, um, they had a separate friendship. And their friendship, they, they went to different high schools. So the two killers went, went, went to one high school in, in a place called Culchus, and, uh, and, and Brianna went to a different high school. The two killers had a, a kind of a fascination with gore and with violence, um, and, and that became clear in the messages that were released in court. Eddie Ratcliffe had a knife, um, and they spoke about wanting to kill other children. Um, and then uh, the girl developed this friendship with Brianna Jai. She became quite obsessed with her, she said. Um, she was obsessed with the fact that she was transgender. Uh, it, it was apparent that she had some sort of an attraction to her, perhaps. They discussed that. They discussed what she was like, and they, they, they basically just come up with a plan to kill her. They wanted to kill somebody. 
So um, the girl, Scarlett Jenkinson, she at one stage, uh, according to her own messages, tried to poison Brianna Jai with ibuprofen gel and um, making her very, very ill. That didn't work. They, they had arranged another time during January where they were going to try and stab her to death in this park in Colchis and uh, Brianna Jai didn't show up. Um, so on the day, February the 11th, a dreary February afternoon, Brianna Jai arranged to meet the two of these people in, in Colchis. So she was friends with the girl. She had never met the boy before. Um, so in the afternoon, she got the bus from Birchwood, which is quite near her school and near her home, uh, up to Colchis, which is a kind of a leafy Cheshire village, about 10 miles north of Warrington. She met them there. She got off the bus, number 28 bus. She got off the library, um, lovely brand new library there. They walked through the town. They stood out quite conspicuously, according to CCTV and, 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 and people in the town. They all had their hoods up and um, they were all on their phones, not talking as they walked. Brianna Jai was wearing a big white fluffy hood, a kind of a short tartan skirt. She had socks up over her knees. Eddie Ratcliffe was wearing all black. They, they, they just stood out, but they, they walked down to the park. As they walked, Scarlett Jenkinson, she was pretending to be contacting a fake cocaine dealer called Nathan. And um, she had set up this fake Snapchat account. And she was supposedly texting this Nathan guy to, to get some cocaine um, down in the park. Um, and she was showing these texts to, uh, to Brianna Jai. But it was all a ruse to try and lure Brianna Jai to the park. So when they got to the park, Eddie Ratcliffe and, and Scarlett Jenkinson started to put their plan into action. The plan was to try and get Brianna Jai to a place that Scarlett Jenkinson said she knew within the park where they'd be safe, where, where, where there'd be no one around and where they could kill her. So the last message that was on Brianna Jai's phone was at six minutes past 3 p.m. Um, where she texted um, Scarlett Jenkinson saying, hey girl, where are you? Um, so clearly they had been separated at this stage. And it was at around about this time that Brianna Jai was stabbed. She was stabbed 28 times. Um, it was a horrific murder. Her injuries were absolutely horrific. They were unsurvivable. Seven minutes after Brianna Jai's last text, the 999 call went in from two dog walkers who discovered her body. So, so these two dog walkers came around the corner, Catherine Vise and, and Andrew Vise, and it was literally just as the crime was finishing. They didn't see any stabbing taking place, but what they saw was Eddie Ratcliffe stooped down at the body. And, uh, and suddenly Eddie Ratcliffe and uh, Scarlett Jenkinson uh, saw the two dog walkers get up, broke into a jog, went through a gap in the fence, out into a field and escaped. One of the dog walkers got a good look at them and, and, and they didn't know what was going on quite at first, the dog walkers, and they looked down and they saw what they thought was a, a blow-up doll falling in a really awkward position on the steps. Um, and it was Brianna Jai as the life drained out of her um, and she was dying at that moment. And the 999 call went in and look, she couldn't be saved. Eddie, Eddie Ratcliffe then got the uh, got the bus home to, to the village of Lee, which is another couple of kilometres further north. And Scarlett Jenkinson went home and they became suspects in the case very, very quickly through CCTV, through through sightings. And by the next day, Scarlett Jenkinson's mother called police to say that she had been one of the last people with Brianna Jai. They made up a kind of a cock and bull story that uh, that she had gone off to meet some some random man and uh, to try and cover their tracks. Um, but they were both arrested um, um, the following day, February the 12th, 2002. Um, and, uh, and, and, and a couple of days before Christmas they were found guilty of her murder. Now we know that knife crime is a particular problem in some of the UK's larger cities. You, you've reported on that. But there was another aspect to this. You mentioned there that Brianna was a transgender teenager and there was a fear in the trans community that this was a motivating factor. We saw that there were vigils, for example, pretty much immediately after the murder. Um, 
What did the police say at the time? The police came out pretty quickly after the murder itself when they had been through all the phones and been through all the evidence. And they they put out a public statement saying that they didn't think that transphobia was the motivating factor in, in, in essence, that it wasn't, you know, under UK legislation, a hate crime in a sense, that Brianna Jai wasn't stabbed to death because she was trans and they hated trans people. Now, that obviously caused some upset in the trans community who felt that it must have been a factor and that she was singled out for this. When you look at the messages between Scarlett Jenkinson and Eddie Ratcliffe, you see Scarlett Jenkinson talking about, I'm, I'm obsessed with her. I don't quite know why I'm obsessed with her. She's very pretty. And then uh, Eddie Ratcliffe, who, who had a much more disparaging attitude towards transgender people than Scarlett Jenkinson, you know, he made very, very um, offensive comments like, you know, I want to, I, I want to hear whether, whether it screams like a man or a girl. And, you know, you're fascinated with it because it's, she's, she's just completely different to you. So they clearly had discussion of her transgender gender status. And um, but the police decided that because they had been looking um to kill, you know, they they, they had devised plans to kill other children. Um, that, that, that they just wanted to kill somebody and that they settled upon Brianna Jai for whatever reason. Now, after the verdict was announced, after they were found guilty, um, this question arose again and the police were asked about it. And what the police said was, look, we still don't think that it was the motivating factor in the crime, but being transgender may have made Brianna Jai more vulnerable. And it was a vulnerable child that they wanted to kill. You talk about uh, her vulnerability. What picture emerged about Brianna Jai at the trial and and shortly after she died? What what did we come to know about her? Well, I actually I, I went up to Warrington myself and I sat down with her uh, with her head teacher Emma Mills. Just just to start us with with, with Brianna, then um, what was she like? I, I suppose. I think in terms of what she was kind of like day to day. Hmm. Um, and, and we had a conversation about it. And from the transcripts and my conversations with Emma Mills, I mean, the, the picture that's painted of, of Brianna Jai is, is of a, you know, a very quick-witted, funny, complex character. You couldn't really miss Brianna. <laughs> she, um, she had kind of like a very rebellious streak. She just had a kind of aura about her, really, that um, you just couldn't help but notice her. I think it was the, the way she walked and the way she kind of carried herself. She had transitioned a couple of years before when she was 13 or 14, I think. Um, she had transitioned and there was no problems with her family in her transition. Her mother supported her in that. But she, she had anxiety problems, deep, deep anxiety problems. And um, so she wasn't in the main school population at the time. She went to Birchwood Community High. Brianna was sort of schooled on her own with them. They had a special unit um, and she came in later than other students. She left earlier than other students. But in a kind of a weird, ironic way, she was she was also very confident in, in a way, which, which I know sounds like a contradiction. She was also like a very well-known character around, around school. Mm. Um, a lot of the students really looked up to her. So yeah. when she transitioned, um, she came like a role model, I suppose, mm. um, for lots of other students, not necessarily, say, trans students, but just student, just a kind of role model in terms of like um, being proud of who you are and, and being confident in who you are. Brianna Jai was very, very prominent online. She was a very prominent TikToker and she would have been known by a lot of students for her videos about beauty and hair and makeup and also miming to songs. Girl, I'm in school. I'm just like sat in this room. I'm like, it's not the vibe. They're trying to take my phone off me. I swear they locked me in this little room and I'm like, so she had, in a sense, I guess almost this dual life, this online life of confidence and of verve and of colour um, and of happiness and of joy and expressing herself. And then 
she had these anxiety problems. She had also been diagnosed with uh, with ADHD and with autism, and and obviously she had these deep anxiety problems. So she was a, a complex girl, but but a happy girl, uh, a happy girl in other ways as well. You could see she had a very very happy time living with her mother. So goodness, you're painting a picture of a very vulnerable child at the same time. Um, what emerged about the perpetrators during the trial? As as you say, they were called by, they were anonymised during the trial. So what emerged about Girl X that we now know that is Scarlett Jenkinson? What do we know about her? Yeah, Girl X, Scarlett Jenkinson. So Scarlett was a pupil at Cultures High School, um, um, which is the village where the park was, Cultures Linear Park, where Brianna was, was murdered. So she was um, a kind of a she had a fascination. She had a real fascination with serial killers. A lot of her messages um, with Eddie Ratcliffe were about that. Um, she had a fascination with violence. She had a fascination with wondering how and what it would be like if somebody died. She, she said she had a knife. The, the picture that was painted of, of, of Scarlett Jenkinson was a, yeah, a, a very, very dark, complex girl with very, very unusual fantasies about violence and clearly the willingness and the ability to carry them out. Eddie Ratcliffe was, um, you know, he was looked up to in a sense by um, by Scarlett Jenkinson for being extremely, extremely intelligent. Again, you know, these two kids living their lives out online in a way, you know, maybe didn't quite fit in. I think when Catherine Vise, one of the two dog walkers who stumbled upon the scene in the immediate aftermath of the murder, she described them as goths, goth types in her call to, to, to police into 999. So, so Eddie Ratcliffe during the trial, uh, it emerged at the trial. He, he was diagnosed at that stage with, um, with selective mutism. So, so he gave a lot of his evidence by text message, almost in a sense. He sat in a room and typed out his evidence. So they were caught very quickly because, as you say, the dog walkers spotted them. There was CCTV. Was there any other evidence against them? Yes, there was. Um, there, there was a lot of physical evidence against them. Um, you know, once once they were identified as suspects, you know, through CCTV, they, they were spotted in, in Brianna Jai's company. I mean, Brianna Jai was going off to meet them. When they arrested Eddie Ratcliffe, for example, uh, at, his, at his house, I mean, the first thing he said to, to police officers was, I can explain. Those were the first words he said. Brianna Jai's blood was found on his shoes. Um, Brianna Jai's blood was found on his uh, on some of his clothes and um, on the inside of one of his sleeves and um, some of Brianna Jai's blood was found on a hunting knife that he had he had bought this hunting knife for 13 pounds 50 there was a picture shown of the knife um, um, you know kind of a terrifying looking knife to me with a brown handle you know there was there was discussion during the trial about whether the blood on his shoes was caused by splatter, i.e. was he in the vicinity when the stabbing took place or was it because it brushed off uh, undergrowth? And a lot of that came down to the fact about who did the stabbing. And also there was um, a phone was found down a drain and, and, and from Brianna Jai's phone, then they were able to link it. But an awful lot of the, um, the the evidence as well came from messages that were exchanged between Brianna Jai and uh, Scarlett Jenkinson and between Scarlett Jenkinson and, uh, and, and, and Eddie Ratcliffe. So it was all laid out there in, in, in Scarlett Jenkinson's house actually they found a piece of paper which was a written murder plan for Brianna Jai of exactly what they would do at what time. I, had, I think she had, the headline that she had written on a piece of paper was murder of Brianna Jai 11th of February 2023. So it was all there for the police but of course these things are still very complex um, and both Eddie Ratcliffe and Scarlett Jenkinson pleaded not guilty at her trial. The site of the murder, just to sort of give you a sense of where it is, it's about it's about a seven minute walk into this linear park. And when I say a linear park, it's actually an old railway line. So if you think there's two steep embankments on either side and you walk up what was the old rail line and there's an upper path and a lower path and this was on the upper path. 
about a seven minute walk in. There's a bench. It's quite isolated. There's a big field out to your right between the village. There's a sort of a gap in the fence, which is the gap where the killers escaped. Eddie Ratcliffe's version that was, that was given to the jury was that he went and he, and he urinated behind a tree uh, and he heard a noise of something hitting the ground. And when he turned around, um, that uh, Scarlett Jenkinson was stabbing Brianna Jai. Uh, Scarlett Jenkinson version of the story was that when she turned around, uh, Eddie Ratcliffe was, was stabbing Brianna Jai. So there was physical, there was a lot of physical evidence, but ultimately the jury didn't believe the version that was put forward by either defendant and were both found guilty on the basis of it being a joint enterprise. Now you talked there about physical evidence. Um, I was struck reading your piece, a long read in the Irish Times uh, about the murder, that the two had exchanged, the two perpetrators had exchanged text messages after. And, you know, it appears from the exchanges that they thought they'd get away with it. I don't know, is that being sort of re- reflects back to the fact that they were only 15? Uh, but they did think they, they'd get away with it. Yeah, perhaps they did. Um, so if, if you think about it, just to take through the chronology of that and, and what their mindset was like at the time. So the murder took place at around about six, seven, eight, nine minutes past three, right? Dog walkers come on the scene um, immediately after that and, 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 the, and the police were there by 25 past three. So uh, Eddie Ratcliffe, he got the bus home um, and he got off the bus by quarter to four. So, you know, he's home at whatever, four o'clock in or around. Let's say they were both home in or around the kind of four o'clock time. At 28 minutes past four, Eddie Ratcliffe messaged uh, Scarlett Jenkinson and he said, how's your cat? And she replied and she said, good, LOL, laugh out loud. How's yours? Um, and, and, and he replied something along the lines of, it won't stop purring. Um, but at this time, while they were exchanging these supposedly innocuous messages, um, police analysis of Eddie Ratcliffe's laptop and computer showed that at that time he was researching how to deal with stress, how to deal with anxiety. Clearly, the guy was having some sort of anxiety problem himself at the time. Um, he was on sites like 10 stress busters. Um, you know, as, as news began to break of the murder, Scarlett Jenkinson exchanged messages with people, other people, a third party, saying, you know, somebody was murdered right close to my house, you know, and, and pretending that they didn't know anything about it. At one stage, uh, Scarlett Jenkinson posted a tribute to Brianna Jai online um, and said, you know, God, it's really messed up what happened to this girl. You know, she was such a great girl. She didn't deserve this. And when, of course, she had been one of the two people who had murdered her all along. So, yeah, in a sense, they thought they would get away with it. But it's clear from, you know, obviously there was some element of planning in it, but they weren't criminal masterminds either. I mean, they, you know, if you've got a written plan in your house, the murder of Brianna Jai on a date and it happens, you know, I mean, they're, they're children. They're, they're 15 years of age. But at, at about 11 o'clock that night, uh, Scarlett Jenkinson messaged uh, Eddie Ratcliffe and she said, do you have anxiety about getting caught? And he replied back, probably. And she said, you're not going to get caught. Don't worry. She said something along the lines of the police are crap around here. You're not going to get caught. But by the next day, uh, she was complaining that there were rumors swirling locally that she was involved in it. She said, you know, people are saying that I'm involved in this shit and it's terrible. And uh, and she went to her mother and she told her mother that she'd been one of the last people to see Brianna Jai live. And that the story that she spun to her mother, um, Scarlett Jenkinson, was that they had been in the park with Brianna Jai. That was true. But that Brianna Jai said... She was going off to meet a man from Manchester, an older man from Manchester, and that Brianna Jai left. And of course, that, that never happened. That was her cover story. But yeah, look, maybe they thought they'd get away with it. Maybe they just didn't think about it that much. Maybe they just weren't master criminals. But in the end, they were caught. You know, they were, uh, they were arrested. They were tried. They were convicted for murder. We'll be back after this short break.
AJ Products, we're dedicated to delivering intelligent solutions tailored exclusively for your business needs. Spanning offices, warehouses, industries, workshops, schools and public spaces. Specialising in warehouse and project planning, we bring efficiency and sustainability to the forefront. Our offerings include versatile storage solutions and comprehensive office project design and implementation. With over 45 years of experience, we stand as your trusted partner in smart B2B solutions. To explore all we have to offer, visit ajproducts.ie and elevate your business with AJ Products. Now, during the trial, we we have to remember that these are all children, teenagers involved. Were their families in court? So so the families were there, yeah. So um, they were supported by their families. I mean, look, Scarlett Jenkinson and, and Eddie Ratcliffe both come from, you know, very, very ordinary, you know, kind of middle class backgrounds. And, and, you know, they're not especially troubled. There's nothing really to explain this kind of a thing. Brianna Jai's parents were separated. Her mother, Esther Jai, had another partner and uh, her father, um, Spooner was his, was, was his surname. Um, and uh, obviously they were at the trial as well. So yeah, the families were there. One one thing that struck out for me and, and that I did find very interesting about the case and very redeeming and, and also in a very, very grim case, I found it one of the real positives and rays of light. And it was Esther Jai's attitude to the families of Scarlett Jenkinson and of Eddie Ratcliffe. Now, obviously, for months and months and months since the murder, effectively, people in the local area around Warrington and around Colchis and around Lee, they knew who the people who were accused of the killing were. Whereas for the rest of us, they were girl X and boy Y. But the families, particularly the families of Scarlett Jenkinson, they had received death threats from people, anonymous death threats and so on. And Esther Jai, after the, the convictions were announced in December, she, she, she announced her compassion for those families. She says, look, I see in them that they have lost their children too. And they must live the rest of their lives knowing what their child has done. Thank you. And um, um, she asked for people to show compassion and mercy and, 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 and basically to leave them alone. And I thought that was in an unrelentingly grim case with so many dark aspects with so much shadows and um, that I saw that as a little bit of a chink of light and, and, and a real sense of humanity I thought from Esther Jai. Mark you interviewed uh, Brianna Jai's head teacher Emma Mills because prior to the trial there had been a suggestion and actually, indeed, during the trial, girl X, Scarlett Jenkinson, she said Brianna had been bullied in school because she was trans. But the head teacher said no. Yeah, there was um, there were suggestions online. Most of it was coming from from particular individuals uh, around Warrington that, you know, there were complaints that maybe Brianna Jai was bullied in school. But um, it seems she wasn't bullied in school at all. She was quite looked up to by the other children. And when I spoke to Emma Mills, she said that, you know, there was, there had been one instance when she originally transitioned back in year eight. Um, so back a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, um, when she had originally transitioned, that there was one incident of name calling by an older student in an older year group that was dealt with at the time. But apart from that, there was no bullying of Brianna Jai 
And and I think you know at, at various stages Emma Mills had been quite she, she, you know she wanted to really stress that I mean Emma Mills was uh, you know she's very very involved with Esther Jai and with the family and 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 we're trying to work on 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 campaigns for for Brianna Jai's memory and so on and and I I really think she just didn't want her school to be sullied in all of this and that Brianna Jai as a transgender girl suffered some terrible spate of bullying when when in fact that wasn't true and and there's no evidence that she was bullied in school at all really you know there's no evidence at all it seemed from what i saw in the school with my own two eyes and what i heard with my own two ears it was a very very compassionate sensitive environment where, where the sort of complexities that that brianna jai showed were uh, dealt with and um, properly now as you say during the trial in December the two perpetrators they tried to blame each other but the jury was told that they didn't have to decide which one of the teenagers stabbed Brianna Jai to find them guilty of joint enterprise murder. And when the guilty verdict was given the judge said that she would have to impose a life sentence and the adjournment for the whole month of January was to give her time to decide on the minimum tariff. And we know what that is now. But how is the naming of the perpetrators last week, who after all are minors, being received in Britain? Well, it's very, very unusual for for the perpetrators of, 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 for the child perpetrators, underage perpetrators to be named in Britain. You know, there have been a handful of examples. The most notorious example, of course, of, of child killers being named are Robert Thompson and John Venables, who, who murdered Jamie Bulger back in 1993. And um, they were a little younger. They were 10 years of age. Um, but actually, I, I think there are some parallels. It's just up the road, by the way. You know, J- Jamie Bulger was murdered a half an hour drive away from where Brianna Jai was. You know, so just there were some other curiosities. I mean, um, Eddie Ratcliffe and Scarlett Jenkinson were arrested on the 30th anniversary of Jamie Bulger's death. So look, when children kill other children, obviously it's a big story. When those children are named, obviously there's a media frenzy and Britain is a place where media frenzies are not exactly unknown in the wind. Um, so uh, yeah, it's you know it's it been a huge reaction over here. There's been fascination with the case all the way through for so many different reasons, you know, because because it was a child who died, because it was children uh, who carried out a murder, because the victim, Brianna Jai, was transgender, because the perpetrators, uh, Scarlett Jenkinson and Eddie Ratcliffe, because they have now been named. There are so many factors that will add to this case's notoriety for so many years to come. And I think, you know, for Warrington, for the town of Warrington, I spent quite a bit of time up there with an MP called Charlotte Nichols, who's also been closely involved with Esther Jai and with Emma Mills and with others and in doing memorials and a memorial campaign for Brianna Jai. And I spoke to her about what it means for Warrington. And she kind of agreed with me that this was the worst thing to happen to Warrington since the 1993 IRA bomb. And she said that, you know, Warrington is this, it's a town with a, with a lot going for it. It's halfway between Liverpool and Manchester. It has this big nuclear industry, um, you know, nuclear physicist or researcher. You know, there's a lot of, you know, house prices are quite high in, in, in some parts of it. Obviously, it has its problems too. But it's known in everybody's psyche for the two worst days in its history. It's known for the day in 1993 when the IRA murdered two young boys. Um, and it's known for the murder of Brianna Jai. And, and, and I think that's difficult for the people of Warrington to swallow. I was struck by a line in the statement from the Crown Prosecution Service and it said, and I'm I'm reading it here, the planning, the violence and the age of the killers is beyond belief. And I remember when I read that, it threw me back to the devastating murder in 2018 here in an abandoned property in Leakslip 
of 14-year-old schoolgirl Anna Kriegel. She was killed by two boys who were 13 at the time. And that horrifying murder prompted an avalanche of societal soul-searching as to you know, how two children could be so evil. Has the same happened in the UK? Yeah, yeah, there is. There's a lot of, um, as you say, soul-searching and and the nation looking at itself and wondering how can this happen? I mean, look, sometimes obviously criminal events and crimes and, and, and people just do bad things. But there are there are some societal elements to this. I mean, Emma Mills is very, very adamant about how, you know, if you look at how the whole thing was arranged on technology and, and, and all the rest of it, she thinks that that, that that a response from this and something that she she's called for in several interviews and, and, and campaigns for in the sense is that there should be some restrictions around the access to smartphones of children. Um, and that the smartphones that are available to young teenagers shouldn't be the same kind of smartphones that are available to adults. And that if certain words are used on those smartphones, like kill or murder or stab or whatever, that it, that it, you know, triggers a kind of a, a parental guidance thing or that it, it shows up somewhere. And she thinks that the technology exists to do this and, and that, 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 that it should be inbuilt into these phones. Um, so there's that aspect of it. I think Esther Jai, out of all of this, has tried to, and I guess maybe you would do this if you're a parent who's lost a child in these circumstances, you're trying to find some meaning from it. So she set up this campaign now called Peace in Mind. Um, and it's an attempt to raise money to use that cash to train teachers to practice mindfulness with students, to calm them down. It's an attempt, I think, to deal with some of the problems that Brianna Jai had. She had anxiety problems. Um, so uh, I think by the time I was up there, they had already raised £50,000 and, and they were going to use Brianna's old school, Birchwood, as the, the sort of pilot project for it. Train some teachers in mindfulness with the 50 grand then they were going to try and train two teachers in every school in Warrington. Emma Mills was involved in this too. Charlotte Nichols, the MP for Warrington North, um, and she's also involved in it. She has secured time this week in Westminster Hall for a debate on the Peace of Mind project. And I think there's an intention that they can perfect this campaign, this thing in Warrington, this mindfulness teaching in schools to try and help kids calm down, that they might try and roll it out nationwide. Um, now, look, I think a lot of things still have to go right for that to happen. But out of this really dark, sad story, I mean, maybe that's something of light and brightness that comes out of it. If there's something like this, it mightn't solve everybody's problems. But clearly, anxiety amongst children is an issue in, in, in Ireland and in Britain. And, and you know, you mentioned the, the murder of Anna Kriegel, you know, where there was some kids just have problems and how they socialise and how they interact. And we, as the adults, need to try and find ways to, to help them with that. Thanks very much, Mark. Thank you. That's it for today. For more Irish Times journalism, including reports from Westminster and beyond from Irish Times London correspondent Mark Paul, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode is produced by Suzanne Brennan. In the news, we'll be back tomorrow.